Good morning, good morning. How are you guys doing? Here we are. This is the last day of the year. And I can feel in the room there's some excitement and some thinking, I don't know how in the world I got to the day. This year has been hard. It's been challenging and stretching. Uh, there's just been so many things I've been processing through as I've been navigating through this past year. There were some really good and sweet moments, like some really great moments that, I, that will set in my heart forever. And there's been some really unexpected turns and hard moments this year that, to be quite honest, I, I don't know how I even pushed through some of them. And a lot of you right now, you're processing through your year as well right now as I'm sharing about this. Some of you uh, have had the, these moments this year that you'll look back and you will cherish forever. Like there were some really like monumental moments that took place in your life this year. And some of you, you're looking in the rearview mirror and you're saying, I never want to go back to that again. In fact, you're like, I, I'm probably going to get my car and just back up against the garage and hit that mirror off so I don't have to look back again as some of the things I walked through because it was rough and it was hard and it was difficult. This is life though, isn't it? The good, the bad, the ugly, the hard, the difficult, the great, the joyful, the life. It happens. And I love the way that James says it in 414. He says, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your, your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while and then it's gone. These moments, they come and go. And somehow, some way, we're all sitting here today and we got here. And there's some things today um, that we're going to have to navigate through as family. And it's not going to be easy. There's going to be some things that we're going to have to tend to within our souls that's going to be challenging. But right now, we stand at a really important moment in our path. This is the last day of the year, but here's the thing. It doesn't change just because we're shifting from one day to the next, one year to the next year. It doesn't change simply by a day shifting. It shifts because what I believe today, God has an invitation for you to set things maybe in proper order in your life where you can have the freedom that you've been longing for in your life. I just, the hope after today is that you're not, you're not looking for something in the new year instead of you're working outside of what has already been found or maybe will be revealed today for the first time. I'm excited and I'm expectant, but I need you to go along with me in the journey. So are you, are you guys ready to go along in the journey today? Uh, we're we're going to navigate through some really deep and muddy and murky waters. Uh, I'm just going to be upfront with it. But I assure you what the Lord has for today could bring freedom and breakthrough in your life in ways that, that maybe you've, you've not had your entire life or for years now. So let's, let's pray just as we get going this morning. God, we just right now, we sit in the place, Lord, of just saying, God, we, we are not capable of doing any of this without you. 
God, right now I ask that you would meet with us in the places of our souls that are the deep waters, um, things that we have closed the door on, because, man, they were hard to deal with in in that time. God, I ask today that you would open up the door so that you can step into those places with us and bring us freedom today. So God, I pray for humility right now and courage among every single one of us in this room. I pray that we would, God, grasp onto you as as the Father and saying, Lord, I need you to get me there because I don't want to go there. I I don't want to navigate those waters again, God. So we're praying right now that you would prepare our hearts in such a way that we could see things we've pushed aside, see things we don't want to see, so that today, God, at the end of this time, we leave saying, I'm I'm different and I'm changed, not because of a, a magic recipe or anything else. I'm different because of what the Father's done through me today. So God, right now, we step into that place with you, and we receive everything that you're wanting to do. In Jesus' name, amen. So a few years ago, my wife and I, we had the privilege and honor of, of fostering two sweet little girls. I'm not going to lie to you. We knew nothing about parenthood. So stepping in and going through these, these trainings, I was wide-eyed thinking, what? what are we about to get into? Well, then we get a call, and 24 hours later, we have these two Sweet little girls God's entrusted us with at our doorstep. Two and a half and four and a half years old. And I'm not going to lie to you, I wasn't expecting what would come in that journey. Our four and a half year old had encountered things at home that she shouldn't have. Things that you could tell weighed on her. And so here we are, walking through this journey with them. I remember she looked up at me, and I thought it was funny in the moment. And then I realized quickly after, like, this is incredibly sad. She looked up at me, and she said, I don't like you. And I looked down, and I said, well, why is that? And she said, because you're white, and you're a man, so you're the police. And I laughed, and then I was thinking, oh my gosh. This is stemming deeper to some things that she's walked through. And so I, as a father, my wife as a mother, we we didn't know how to navigate some of these territories. So I remember just, God, we need you to to, to reveal yourself to these these girls. God, we can't do this without you. So there's just this persistence. And going at it every day, even when we screwed it up, even when we messed it up as parents, God, we're going to continue to love them, pour our hearts out to them. Because at some point, Lord, I pray that they would trust us because they sense you in us. You want to talk about living vulnerable? Go to a grocery store. When our oldest, she would say anything, true or or false. Most of the time it was false. And she would make up a story about you in public And you're sitting beside people in line at the grocery store thinking, everyone thinks that we took these girls. Like, the stuff, she would create these stories. And it was hard. It exposed all of the things in me. 
Okay, I'm going to share this story with you guys. We, <laughs> we were sitting in a restaurant, um, and we were, they put us in the quiet part of the restaurant. Why? I don't know. We have a two-and-a-half and, and four-and-a-half-year-old girls. Like, why would you put us in the quiet part of the restaurant? So we sit there. We order our food, and uh, the waiter comes along. We ask, ask what we want. We order it. finally comes back, and uh, my parents are there with us, and uh, my mom she, uh, she grabs her fork and she gets in that pot pie because she's ready. It's going to be so good. And then she starts lifting that fork up. And there is some plastic or rubbery substance that her fork is hanging on to. And she continues to pull it out further and further. There is an entire glove that was cooked in her pot pie. Yeah, I know, I know. But before we could say anything... Our four-and-a-half-year-old, she got eyes of it, looked at what was happening, heard what was saying. It was just, it was a blur. And so then the waiter's walking up, and before I could say something to her about not saying anything in the quiet part of the restaurant, she looks over at the waiter walking. She stands in the booth, and she goes, she got a whole glove in her pot pie. I mean, she committed to it. She was all in. And I was, (laughs) we we laughed so hard, and I was so embarrassed for me in my selfishness. I was so embarrassed and laughing because I was crying so hard. We're all laughing. Everyone's looking at us. The stories that we had. Eventually, it came to a moment where those sweet little girls, they trusted us because they knew there was something different. Today, I want to talk about something that's going to go even deeper than even from from fostering uh, to adoption. Today, I want to talk about something that's going to apply to all of us. I want to talk about what it means to be uh, adopted as sons and daughters of the king, spiritual adoption. And in this, um, we, before we become adopted sons and daughters, there's this place of spiritual adoption beforehand, before this takes place, we have no security. We're in desperate need of a father to take us in as children. And however, sometimes we can experience the spiritual adoption that transforms us as sons and daughters, and yet somehow we can still battle with a spiritual orphan mentality also known as the orphan spirit. So I'm about to read this passage, and I want you to go along with me in this journey because what we're talking about today, it's not easy. It's difficult to walk through some of this. But in this passage, as the Lord was showing me this, I feel like there was so much freedom that came through it of realizing and saying, oh my gosh, this is what this means. So let let me read this passage to you really quick. A lot of you have, have learned about the prodigal son, right? You, you've heard the story. If you haven't, um, it's this crazy, awesome story of God's redemptive love. But let me read it to you today, the parable of the lost son in Luke 15, 11 through 32. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had. He set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth and wild living. 
After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son. He threw his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate, for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and found. So they began to celebrate. Check this out. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing, so he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your your father, he's killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him, but he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you. And never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him? My son, the father said, you're always with me. And everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. I've read this story so many times. And every time I think often about this this prodigal son who, who runs away from his father. He was functioning out as an as an orphan, essentially. Like in this orphan spirit, he he ran away from his father to live his, his life out on his own. And, and so there's these spiritual orphan mentalities that he's walking in. He was, he was functioning outside of sonship is what he was doing. And so when we function outside of our identity in him, we're, we're functioning outside of sonship. And let me explain what sonship, sonship refers to us as sons and daughters of God, the original context of what this means. So as I talk about sonship today, I'm talking about you as sons and daughters of God is what I'm referring to. In Romans 8.15, it says, The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. When we push away from the Holy Spirit, we're, we're picking up fear all over again. We're working out of an orphan mentality all over again when we push away from sonship. Think about this, though. 
The prodigal son's story was a little more easier to understand. But the son who stayed close to his father, he was close to his father and yet still was no different, functioning as a spiritual orphan. Did you know that us as believers, we can come to church and we can still function as spiritual orphans? We can, we can literally do things and act a certain way that just out, act outside of who we are. Think about like the, the son who stayed. Look at the things he said. I've been slaving for you. All this, I've been slaving for you. You never even gave me. You killed the fattened calf for him? Like the, the anguish of what he was feeling, the rejection of what he was feeling, it's because he stepped out of a place of sonship. Look, we can, we can follow Jesus. We can commit our lives to following him, and yet we can still have these spiritual orphan mentalities that work against us. And man, it's hard because we all wrestle with it. We all can step out of that seat of sonship, not out of salvation, but out of the seat of sonship. And man, we can feel the distance quickly. I want to walk you guys through a few things, and uh, I just want to prepare you. These are going to be really hard to navigate through. I asked you up front if you'll go with me through the journey. If we're not willing to do the hard things and approach the hard places of our souls, we will never find freedom and breakthrough. So today as we go through, I just want you to ask every single person that's here, I want you to ask yourself, does this apply to me? And my prayer is that you'll have the humility and the courage to own it and say, yep, that's me. I've struggled with so many of these and still struggle with several of them. Even preparing for this. So let's, let's jump to the first one here. In the heart of an orphan, you see authority as a source of pain with mistrust and constructive criticism as a source of rejection. So you've been hurt by leadership. You've been hurt by authority in your life. And so because of that hurt, because of that, you naturally have stepped into this place of saying, That's, when I see this, I see pain. I feel pain. So I, I'm not gonna honor that. When it comes to constructive criticism, when someone gives you amazing critique on something that it could help you in your life and who you are and what you're walking through. You see constructive criticism as rejection. But the heart of sonship is this. It's respectful and honorable with a humbled willingness to learn and grow. It's saying I'm, my outcome is not tied to people or authority. I'm not tied to, to what they say or not say. I can learn and grow from this so I'm gonna to choose to be respectful and honorable with a humble willingness to learn and grow. So this next one is this, when it comes to this orphan spirit, is independent and self-reliant. I'll take care of me. A lot of times what this looks like in people's lives is I grew up on my own. I've got it. I'll take care of it. It's a weighty thing to carry. Because when it comes to being sons and daughters, it's to be interdependent, acknowledging this need for him. I, God, I, I can't do this 
without you. I've walked through too much. I can't do this without you. Then you, you continue on. Like, an orphan spirit is, is insecure, and there's just this lack of peace in your life. Think about this, and I, I've struggled with this. Conversations always turn back to you. This is how insecurity plays out. Like, you're talking to someone, and somehow... You didn't even realize it, but you've got the conversation to turn back to yourself. And it's about you, what you've walked through, what you've done, what you've seen. I'm not saying there's not power in what you're sharing, but when the conversation always comes back to you, ask yourself, is there a place of insecurity that's working here? And in that, the lack of peace, maybe you catch yourself, it's like my entire life is full of fear. I live in anxiety and stress nonstop and it is weighing on me there's a lack of peace in your life the heart of sonship is rest peace and security I have all I need look I get the battle of anxiety I get it it's hard I still wrestle with it when I sit in the place and say, I have all I need in him, I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to let this anxiety and this stress consume me. I have all I need in him. I sit back in that place of sonship and I find rest for my soul. Yeah, the enemy's gonna come. He will. But I, I can choose moment by moment to sit in that place and come back to him. The next one is this. Heart of an orphan will strive for praise, approval, and acceptance of man. Man, this is a hard one. You, you, you thrive off of what everyone says about you. You thrive off of it. You want it. It's like if you can just acknowledge and pour into me, like I, I thrive off of this. I need this in my life. But yet the heart of sonship is accepted in God's love and justified by grace. I don't have to have the praise and approval and recognition of people. I don't. I'm valued by the king of kings and the creator of the universe. That's who I find my value from. So we sit in this place of, of peace, of knowing he's got us. The next one is this. You have a need for personal achievement when serving in order to impress God and others. <laughs> How many times have I served in a, even in a church setting, I, I look back and think, oh my gosh. Or serve just in your day-to-day life with your spouse, your kids, your family members, your friends. But when I've done this, I, I'm trying to impress people around me. That's why I was exhausted. Because the heart of a son and daughter is Service that is motivated by deep gratitude for being unconditionally loved and accepted by God. I got all I need right here in him. And I don't have to serve to impress anyone. I serve because it's an overflow of what God has done in and through my life. The next one, when it comes to this orphan mentality, is I must be holy to have God's favor, thus increasing shame and guilt. This is a spiral effect. I, I used to think, 
if I can do enough to be holy on a day-to-day basis, then that somehow can gain just this recognition and this closeness to the Father. Look, okay, I understand. When we, when we sin, when we step into those places, like we create this distance, I understand that. But there's a difference. I must be holy versus, in a heart of sonship, is this. I want to be holy. Do not want anything to hinder my intimate relationship with God. I have this longing, this desire to be holy. I can't be holy on my own without him. I want to be holy. There's a huge difference, and don't let that trap be something that we fall into. The next one, self-rejection from comparing yourself to others. Oh, okay. You walk into a room, and immediately you're looking around. Well, that person's way better looking than me. Saw the car they drive. Man, they have a great, look at their job. I've got nothing. It's this self-rejection that we take on immediately. We, we've rejected ourselves when we walk into a room. But that is not in any way, shape, or form the way God sees us. As a son, as a daughter of him, it's to be positive, affirmed, because of the value I have in him. Look, I don't care if you're sitting in a room with a bunch of CEOs, presidents, senior pastors. I don't care which room you're in. You have value because of the king of the kings, the creator of the universe. He has created you. He has knitted you together in your mother's womb. And he said that there's purpose in this child. So have that courage. Like walk in it. Feel it. Know who you are in him. Do not let the fear of self-rejection paralyze you from your calling. I don't care what age you are. You walk in the confidence that God's given you. The next one. You see comfort and counterfeit affections. Addictions, compulsions, escapism, busyness, and hyper-religious activity. (laughs) All right, I'm going to step on some toes here including my own. What do we always say? I just said it yesterday. What do we always say? Hey, how's life going? Busy. Hey, how's your fit? Busy. You guys doing all right? Busy. We're all busy. Busy, 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 busy. And yet here's, here's the interesting part. You've got Mary and Martha, and you've got Mary that she's busy. She's going around, and she's taking Why is Mary sitting with you over here doing nothing as I'm working my tail off over here? Like, Mary's doing nothing. Mary's sitting with Jesus. Mary's sitting with the Father, and she actually was in the exact place that she was supposed to be, sitting in intimacy with Jesus. That's what this looks like. We we seek times of quietness and solitude to rest in the Father's presence and love. I want to be holy. Just be with him. Don't find it anywhere else. Even hyper-religious activity. I'm telling you what, you can do enough good things and serve even in a church setting or wherever you might be. If your heart is not in the right place, you'll find a counterfeit affection in it. And it is dangerous. Clear your heart. Ask the Lord. Let it, let it work out of an overflow of his presence. The next one is this. And we're getting down, we're down to the last two here. You seek to get your own needs met. Hidden agendas. 
Oh, I struggle with this one. I will, <laughs> I will say yes sometimes to serving people. And yet my hidden agenda is to hopefully get something back from them. Man, because I want to get my own needs met. I don't even realize I do it, but think about it. How often do we, do we go out and we say yes to doing something, but the whole thing is we're wanting to get our own needs met. There's these hidden agendas. I just did it last, or no, the week before last. Don't let hidden agendas in your heart get in the way of what God says when, when it comes to a place of sonship. It is, he, he desires for us to lay down our life for others because there's this overflow of just being with him. Man, it's such a healthier way. You feel so much better too when you care for people. The last one is this. This is gonna be a hard one to walk through. Um, maybe you're stuck in the same old patterns of immaturity and character that stopped growing a long, long time ago. Some of you (sighs) have faced really traumatic things in your life. You've been given the hand that nobody wanted. You have walked through junk that you, you swore in that season that it would, it's going to run me over. It's going to take me with it. That trauma has consumed you. And somehow along the way, it's like you were walking. Okay, I think I just made it through that one. And then you get hit again. And the moment you get up, and it just kept happening until a, there was a moment in the road where you just said, you know what? I don't have the energy or the strength to recover from this. So I'm going to pause in my, my growth, in my character, in my development. I'm going to pause right here. And I'm going to say, I've got to take care of me. And taking care of me is just burying this right now because I can't get through this. And so there, it stopped growing a long time ago. You paused in your maturity, in your growth, in your character. Y'all, many of us have struggled with this. And I don't care if you're 15, you're 35, you're 75, 85. I don't care what age you are. At some point along the road, you just stopped growing in your maturity. When it comes to the heart of sonship, as daughters and son, it's a willingness to learn with humility. I'm going to humble myself. And I'm going to do the hard things. And I'm going to receive the Father's corrections, his love, and healing. And sometimes his corrections come from people you love. Sometimes it comes through scripture and reading with him. But gosh, you're going to have to do the hard things. And it's going to require something of you. Your yes will be stretching. But if you'll accept it and you'll receive it and you'll live in that place and say, all right, God, I'm going to trust you in this, God can bring the healing that you've been longing for. Right now, there's so many of these that you're processing through. I I bet for so many of us in this room, so many of these are hitting me just now. You've got at least one, two, three, four, maybe 
all of these that you feel like this is a struggle right now in your life that you're dealing with. It's a wrestle. It's hard. And the point of this, it's not to sit in a place of condemnation. It's not the Father's heart for you. It's to expose it. It's to get down to the junk of life and say, you know what? This doesn't belong to me anymore. I'm gonna quit letting this be an anchor in my life that has weighed me down for way too long. There's things in your life that you're saying, I just wish I could be a better husband. I just wish that I could be a better friend. I just wish that, do you know what? That It's stemming from things that maybe you haven't dealt with yet and I haven't dealt with yet. God's like, if you could just trust me, if you could just sit in this place of sonship with me, I'll take care of all of it. Just be. Be a son, be a daughter that is lacking nothing, is completely secure. You don't have to earn anything in that place. The long the lifelong things that you are sick and tired of dealing with in yourself, just be. Be his child. The hard life you were born into and you never broke free from. Just be. Just be his child. That's the greatest starting point. And it is the ending point. And it is forever. Just be. The love you never got from your earthly father or mother. I'm sorry. I know that's not what you expected. It's not what you wanted. It's not what you signed up for. But I assure you the father's love is greater than any earthly father or mother that could ever give you any kind of love here. His, his love is greater for you. Just be his son, be his daughter. The trauma that you walked through that you believe belongs to you, just be. It doesn't belong to you. Maybe you've been waiting for someone to tell you that today. The trauma that you faced in your life, it does not belong to you. It's something the enemy used to come in your life to destroy you, to knock you off path, to get you out of the seat of sonship, to serving as a daughter and a son of the king. He came to, to try to knock you off path. That trauma doesn't belong to you. He wants to bring you freedom. Just be. Be his child. And the life of survival and peace that you just don't seem to hold. Just be. You don't have to just survive day by day by day. I get it. Just be a son where you got everything you need in him. The complete place with him. In this new year, just be a child of God. Plain and simple, because everything else flows correctly out of that place with him. Be his son and daughter uh, that, that says, you know what? Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna step into this place with him. I'm gonna sit comfortably with him. Here's the thing. You get to shut the door on what the enemy wants to do. And I don't care what lie has been spoken over your life that said you'll never be free from this. Oh, you'll never get through that. That's one of those things you can't live through. I don't care what you've been told. 
from people in your life, even people that you trusted that maybe planted a, a, a seed of lies, that did it even unintentionally? Yes, you do. You get to sit in the place of sonship with him and you get to be free with him. This is, this is a, an encouraging moment for you to realize, I can find freedom today. But you better believe the enemy's gonna come knocking. And he's gonna try to come and take it back and say, you can't change. You can't be different. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. But it's gonna require some work to keep shutting the door on him. For some of you in this room, man, you're listening to this and you're saying, I don't even have the, I don't even know what it's like to be a son or daughter of, of the king. Guess what? It's pretty simple. The king came, birthed in this world, he came and, and lived a perfect sinless life and he died on the cross on your behalf and on my behalf to take on the weight of sin upon himself. And then he conquered his death and now is seated with, with the Father beside him in heaven. And he's got it all covered. And he's saying, look, just acknowledge who I am. Believe that I can save you from your sin and commit your life to follow me. Just be a daughter today. Be a son today. It's yours. It's free. It's not complicated. It's freedom. So today, if that's you, fill out the card that's in the back of the seat. Come check us out at the connection point. We're going to talk to you about your decision. All today, um, this, is, this is starting something new for some of us for the first time, and this is coming back to a place for some of us. Tomorrow starts a new year, but we don't have to wait until tomorrow for something that has now been found and rediscovered today. I'm going to end with this. Re Revelation 12, 11, the, they overcame him, the enemy, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Guess what? Your story and your testimony has victory written all over it. And you can overcome the enemy and the things that he continues to knock at your door from. You continue to speak out with your testimony and your story and his redemptive love and grace that he's poured out. And it will bring freedom to the areas and places in your life that you've been longing for.